gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. Remember, everyone deserves a soggy dog. Hey, welcome to Dog Talk Live, the Saturday morning edition. I don't know if anyone's awake right now, but I was sitting here and I was going to work on some podcasts. Figured, what the heck? Why don't we throw it out on a Saturday morning and see if anyone else is as big a nerd as me and went to bed early. Now, my new goal, as stated to several people, is to breed dogs that appreciate weekends. Yes, breed dogs that sleep in. Having dogs, you never get to sleep in. It is uh, something where I will hear people talk about being farmers and I always say I'm basically a dog farmer the farmer of dogs. You have to get up on time or you have a lot of kennel cleaning and house cleaning to do because dogs don't care. They are on their schedule. Their schedule is all that matters and they want to get up at the same time every morning. Uh, We are going to put this on our podcast and I just put a link up to our podcast on Spotify. Uh, The main sources for our podcast are Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, uh, Pandora, and Amazon. So if you are looking for a dog-centric podcast that is all about the dogs, please check it out. We keep the uh, episodes to about 15 to 20 minutes, and they always have three parts, a main topic, training tip, and a hunting tip, the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. Here, we are on Facebook Live doing the... uh, Dog Talk Live. This is our 99th Dog Talk Live, so I hope you guys are appreciating this. Uh, it is where you ask the questions, and we give you the answers to the best of our knowledge. Um, as far as questions go, before you do that, if you're checking in this Saturday morning, let us know where you're from and what dog you have, what kind of dog. It is fun to see our reach on our podcast as well as our Dog Talk Lives. We reach people all over the world. And it's always interesting. I've yet to do one on a morning, much less a Saturday morning. So I figured, what the heck, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and throw it out there. If anyone's out uh, waterfall hunting this morning or doing any kind of hunting, shoot uh, shoot us a quick quick picture as a comment. Let us know how you're doing. Uh, our season here in Wisconsin closes in early December. So now that I'm not filming our TV show any longer, a little bit of I don't want to say withdrawal because I really enjoy being home, but I guess culture shock. I'm I'm always used to be to to filming and hunting all over until about mid February. So this year we shut it down early. I'm actually taking in my training dogs earlier this year, and that will be a uh, really nice thing because I'm going to get our dogs out the door uh, before our teal season starts September 1st, so that I'm not going from training dogs right into right into a uh, hunting season. Good morning there, Mr. Andy. Good to see you. Mark, checking in from Oregon. Mark, you know what? It's good to see that you're up this morning. 
quite early out there, though. Ah, it's going well, going well, Deb. Um, again, let us know if, what, what questions you guys had this morning. Um, so what am I working on? I've got a couple of obedience dogs in, and I am actually working on housebreaking with my dog, Tank. He is two years old. He ran competition. He's now home, and he is basically a two, two-year-old puppy. So I am working on my housebreaking with him and doing crate training. When I do potty training, whether it is uh, a dog that is old or a puppy, I use a crate. I use an hour in the crate, hour out of the crate, and rotate the dog back and forth. If the dog looks like they have to go to the bathroom, I let them out right away. With older dogs especially, I make them sit by my side so that they're sitting inside for long periods of time. And just really try to do the carrot and stick with them. If they have an accident, uh, they get yelled at. If they go outside, they get praised. Dogs, even if they're kennel dogs, they are used to not going in their kennel, uh, hopefully. Uh, if you get a dog that's going in their kennel, you really end up with an issue. But they're used to not going to their kennel, uh, like Tank is. And it just takes some consistency for about a week for them to understand that, yes, you do not go in the house. You only go outside. Uh, yesterday, I also cleared an upland training area. I have a neat piece of property here that we train on. It's uh, 23 acres. It used to have horses. We sent those with my ex-wife. And I have the fenced areas that were for the horses now that I use for dog training. I had one that was quite overgrown with honeysuckle. Um, gosh, what are the kinds of trees? Honeysuckle. We had a bunch of dead pine in there. And we also had uh, mulberries, uh, mulberry trees. Cleared all that out so that we could use it more effectively. And now we are burning the brush today and yesterday. And we'll have it set for, for upcoming season. But it'll be nice, too, because I can do marks with longer uh, longer cover or taller cover uh, with the grass because I'm not going to cut it. And it'll just work out so much better for us. All right. Colton, dog sleeps until 7.30 on weekends. Man, you are lucky. I've, I've, we've got five labs in the house, so we are up at 6 um, if we sleep in. The older dogs will have an accident, so you're basically springing out of the bed like Spider-Man when you hear a dog up to make sure they get out. Ah, David, what do you think about running with your labs three to five miles? David, I think that sounds awful to run with your labs three to five miles because I would have to run with my labs three to five miles. I can't run. I'm old. Somewhat fat. There's less of me to love losing weight, but I... Uh, <laughs> If you can run with them, it's good for them. It would be bad for me. But I uh, I actually try to get our dogs out. We have a dog yard and get them exercise. I'm a huge proponent of taking them out and letting them uh, run while I walk. Uh, again, as dogs quarter back and forth thinking they're upland hunting, they will put on that three to five miles while I can walk. So it is great to get them exercise. It's great to get ourselves exercise. Uh, I This time of year in Wisconsin, I don't take my dogs out and run them too much because of the uh, how icy it is right now, and you get uh, that crust of snow. Uh, we are going to go out to a game farm and shoot a few uh, pen, pen birds that way to get them a little exercise. But running, having them out is a great thing. You just got to watch them. Make sure they're at a good weight. If the dog is obese, get weight off them before you're running them and putting a lot of uh, pounding on them. And uh, keep, keep an eye so they don't get too thin. And, uh, yeah, I again... I would run with my dogs, except for that would necessitate me running. So no no, uh, no knock on, on your idea, just a knock on my level of fitness. 
We've got Andy Rush. Any advice other than boots to protect puppy's feet when out in the snow and ice? She's been bleeding by her nails in Duclaw spot. Andy, it is hard on the dogs with these crusty snow like this. What you'll have happen is when you have guys that guide a lot up here at game farms, game farms are a big deal up here. It gives people, I always call it winter golf, it gives people something to do in the winter. But if you are guiding with the dogs, you are dealing with the dogs uh, from the crusty snow getting injuries in their feet. The injuries constantly get re-injured, create scar tissue. Scar tissue will tear off easier and re-injure easily. So if you have a dog that is getting their feet where they're constantly bleeding, I would try to let the area heal completely so that they're not going to be re-injuring. I know that's hard, Andy, when you got a younger dog, but... If you can get them to where they heal all the way, you'll have a lot better chance of it not recurring. I have not put boots on dogs. I have a couple of times, but when I have, my dogs, they're they're like, what do you have on me? And they walk around like aliens. So I have not had any experience with boots. Uh, let's see. Good morning. Good morning there, Ashley. Good to see you. Have you ever introduced your dogs to chickens? Plan to get chickens for the farm. Uh, Dan, I have not. Um... I have no idea what a chicken would smell like to a dog, whether it smells like a pheasant or like a chicken. Uh, but I uh, probably wouldn't hear it in my house because I wouldn't. Uh, my dogs are taught to chase after birds. Um, you can correct them of it; just teach them not to go after them. I don't think that would affect hunting. But again, I the, man, I just wouldn't want to deal with that pain in the butt uh, with my dogs because I know they would probably be all over chasing chickens and 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 thinking it was a good old time. Again, we are on iTunes, Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast on iTunes. I do have a link up in the comments for uh, for the show uh, being on Spotify. Um, go ahead and check it out. Uh, it is growing. I had a guy that uh, sent me a thing for ratings on podcasts. I think we're like the 25th largest podcast in Canada, 48th largest podcast in the U.S., for the wilderness category. Again, they don't have a hunting category. They have a wilderness category. And it is uh, it is uh, interesting to me when you can get ratings like that. Uh, because with the podcast, it's not like a TV show. We do this, our podcast, we do our Facebook Lives. They are uh, not monetized. So we're just doing them for fun, for the love of the sport. And it is neat to watch our love of dogs and dogs in the field grow uh, with everyone that has followed us and worked with us on this for so many years. This portion of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Boucher Automotive in Janesville, Wisconsin. Again, good morning. It is Saturday morning. Good to see everyone up. Tyler said it does not affect hunting. Tyler, I didn't think it would affect hunting on having chickens out. Um, I think I, I, I would more worry that if you were telling them no and using an e-collar to correct them, if they were really after the chickens, that it would affect it. Um, again, my my issue is high-drive dogs and, and, and uh, them looking around and going, yeah, there's no one around here right now, so I'm going to whack a chicken. That, that, that would be my worry. But, again... I uh, I don't uh, I haven't I haven't bought into the whole uh, farm culture uh, rage that everyone else has with having chickens and everything else, and uh, I guess I guess that is something I'll never have to deal with because I'm too lazy to take care of chickens. There I said it. I'm too lazy to do it. But again, let me know what your questions are. I know it's early. I know it's Saturday. 
We try to do these for 15 to 30 minutes. We are at 11 minutes. It would be awesome if we could get like three or four questions to ride us through past that mark so we don't have to sit here and listen to me blather about my uh, lack of motivation to go running with my dogs and my lack of wanting to raise chickens. So, come on guys, give me a question. Um, Again, I get my dogs in for training, gun dog training, February 13th this year. Doing it two weeks earlier. Plan is the first group will be home by mid-May. Second group will be home by the week before Labor Day. I am going to take a week vacation with my kid because we have never gone on a vacation. We've always gone on hunting show trips. We're going to try a summer vacation somewhere. And we are going to take a week off during the summer and then send the dogs home the week before our teal season so that we do not have to run around like said chicken with head cut off trying to get things ready. Uh, In Wisconsin, we have a one-week teal season. It's kind of fun. Not many people hunt it uh, just because a lot of folks really struggle with picking out teal uh, as opposed to wood ducks. Uh, We have a couple of areas that we go where it's pretty much all teal. So it is fun because we can go out. We can really enjoy it. There's not a lot of pressure. It's warm. I don't know why there's not mosquitoes, but where we go, there's not a whole lot of mosquitoes. So it's it's just a fun hunt. Good morning, Kelsey. How are you doing? Good morning, focused moon. Focused moon. Interesting. In Montana. So again, if you have questions, let us know. We are going to be ordering Soggy Acres Retrievers gear. Yes, yes, you can get a shirt with the logo. Soggy Acres on there and the Soggy Acres logo on the back. Uh, We're going to be ordering uh, hoodies and quarter zips and hats. I've got uh, Richardson's that we're going to order in one color that we had in the past, which was a gray and orange. I'm going to do a black and gray Richardson. And I'm going to do one other style hat, and then we'll still have our old staples. But fun to put out some clothing. So if you guys are interested, let me know. If there is a color that you want, uh, we can always order it. It is uh, something that... uh, is enjoyable to, to do, to have for clothing. The reason I have a clothing line, uh, quite honestly, is because I worked with so many outdoor companies and many, many, many of them uh, were folks that maybe it didn't end well or folks that you just didn't uh, didn't want to deal with anymore. So uh, it was nice to be able to uh, wear our own logos as opposed to uh, logos for companies that uh, that you didn't want to promote anymore. And there's no free lunch. You don't even want to promote uh, companies if it's a good thing, uh, if it ended on a good note, if you're still running a business in marketing, just because. That's just, uh, it's, you don't want to give someone a free ride. So we came out with Soggy Acres Wear. So if you guys want to have some nice clothing, we buy it at cost. Uh, athletic type hoodies for $30, quarter zips for, I believe the quarter zips will probably be $28. These are $50 sweatshirts. We just sell them at cost. So let us know if you guys have any questions on that. Kelsey said, Zeke is doing well. Zeke is a dog that I trained that has been uh, quite the little pup. We used him in several of our videos uh, for season nine of our show. Michael Alexander, anything you do on a lab not interested in ducks? Plus a tad gun shy, two and a half year old. Michael, if you're a two and a half years old and you're having drive issues and you also have your gun shy dog, you're you're really swimming upstream. One, 
you didn't do your training. Um, you have to do your training before you take dogs out. The first three months of your training before I even hunt a dog is working on your obedience, introduction of things, as well as your force fetch. By not having interest in ducks, are you talking no interest to retrieve at all? It could just be that you need to have more birds around the dog so that you can work with the dog and have them so that they understand that their job is to pick that up. But again, absent doing your force fetch, your e-collar conditioning, and your obedience training, uh, the dog is not going to be made to do anything uh, and then not going to be rewarded for doing said said uh, said goal so that they can understand that it makes you happy so that you're getting that willingness to please. So this part of the podcast is brought to you proudly by Mech Outdoors. So it comes down to we have to train dogs first before we take them out. Uh, we have on our podcast, it was actually quite well received. It had a lot of listens. My, uh, just because you buy a hunting breed does not mean you buy a hunting dog. You have to have a dog with a great pedigree and a lack and a lot of uh, stuff behind them so that you can have that drive. And then you kind of step forward from there. A lot of people make mistakes with their first dogs. You know what? It might just turn into where you're best off to start fresh. Keep your one dog as a pet. Start over with a puppy and get a dog that is really well bred that has a lot of drive. And also then start over with your training so that you're not investing a bunch of time and energy and finances into a dog that can't make it. If you are still uh, feeling the dog could have the ability to do well, I would find a trainer. Uh, You can get a trainer, have them evaluate the dog and see if they can work with them and maybe they can help you get over the hump or find yourself a training club where you can take your dog out. Once you see what dogs with lots of drive that are well-trained do, It'll be really interesting for you. Uh, Kurt Caddy, Jeff, how are your labs in upland bird hunting? I have an English cocker, bean bread this year, but have not wanted to get back, but have but have been wanting to get back for a lab for duck hunting. Uh, Kurt, our dogs do uh, great on any type of hunting, whether it's uh, upland waterfowl or shed hunting. Again, it's all just teaching them what the quarry is. Having drive in your dog is not upland related or waterfall related or shed related. It is just drive. Drive is the dog has the the, the want to go to to do a job. Um, Then you need your trainability as well as your dog that can take pressure. So I think that our dogs are, they're they're very well balanced lab. Um, I train dogs from lots of different uh, uh, kennels. I try to steer to where I only have my own. Not because my dogs are perfect in any stretch, but I know what I am working with so that I can drive forward with my dogs and have success in training. Um, I've had dogs that are bouncing off the walls where you have to get them under control. When you're having to put too much pressure on a dog, it really slows their tra- their training and it retards their training because you're putting a ton of pressure on them and it can really break them down. Um, I've had dogs that have no drive. Usually those dogs are ones that you end up sending home just because they don't have any go. You can't make a dog go. And then you have dogs that can't take pressure. These are dogs that just take longer to develop and they're harder to train. Um, We have soft lines in our kennel, but yet they still have a ton of go. The hardest dogs to train are low drive dogs that don't want to take pressure. Uh, these are dogs that, from a professional standpoint, you might have the dog here for two months, three months, and the dog is still at about a six-week level compared to the other dogs. 
it's not that they can't hunt. It's just you need to send them home with explicit instructions and drills for people to do so that they can still be successful with their dog. But again, it, it comes down to pedigree. If you look at a pedigree, you can see trainability and drive. And then from there, I would have, um, I would, uh, uh, make sure that you're dealing with someone where you can find a bunch of different, uh, uh, reviews on them so that you know what you're dealing with. Uh, let's see, Sean, two soggy dogs, up one hunt mostly and dogs work well every year. Yes, Sean does have two dogs. Good to see you, Sean. How's, how's Miss Lady doing? Are we, uh, let's see, Lady would probably not be showing yet, um, but uh, hopefully at some point she will be uh, showing here in the next two weeks. Michael, one thing I found helps is the gunshot dog is to make noise in the house while eating with those associated with noise and pleasure. Yeah, Kurt's right. Um, as far as gunshot, you want to start out slowly. Uh, you could start with noise in the house while they're eating. Uh, I will take out other dogs. So what I'll do is I'll have multiple dogs out and let them run around like idiots retrieving bumpers for a few days. And then I will shoot off a 209 primer pistol. If the dog's very gun shy, shoot, have someone else shoot it off while I'm playing with the dogs. And if the dog doesn't get concerned, slowly move it to being closer. Uh, it is it is something that is very hard to fix. I would say recoverability on gun shy dogs is about 25%. I've had a fairly high uh, success rate with it uh, at my kennel. But I also screen who I bring in and make sure people understand the risk. So if people tell me they have a gun-shy dog that is coming in, I'm completely honest with them. I'm telling them that the chances are that the dog is not recoverable. So a lot of people will just start over and because uh, I don't want them to feel like they wasted their money with me. I want to be honest with them. But once we have the dogs here, if you move along slowly, it is something that you can eventually hopefully fix but again if you have a pro that is close by that you can work with or a training club that will help or if you have a dog someone that trains dogs uh, in a group of friends that would help because then you can start a distance at like 100 yards and move closer with something uh, that is not as loud once you're out in the field all right crazy lady is doing well she is crazy we're keeping one sean i know you know that um what a nice dark red female now uh, we're going to keep one out of her and go from there so we are at 21 minutes i'm going to do last call for questions last call for questions again soggy acres hats sweatshirts and uh quarter zips coming so if you guys have any desire to get any of the above let me know and I'll get you guess some stuff uh, ordered up specifically for you uh, we will have all sizes we start at a 3x and go all the way to a small men's. Uh, we don't do women's sizes. We actually found the uh, men's sizes run about right uh, for um, the the ladies. The small men's is it's it's damn near youth size. So we we uh, we've had a had a uh, little bit of a run here where we've had multiple different products. So we're going to uh, go with that. And the hats we will have as well. We we again sell everything at cost uh, and then our shipping basically is cost there too our shipping runs a little bit more we're running about ten dollars for shipping um i don't have a shipping account with anyone so we just go to the old post office but uh if you guys have questions let us know bob good to see you again bob says he's going to catch up on the podcast the podcast is on itunes pandora spotify anchor amazon pocket casts and more so Check out our podcast. You guys will like it. Doug, thanks for all the info, Jeff. Love learning more. Working toward a new lab. 
yeah, let me know, Kurt. Uh, we also have our new page up on MeWe. It is uh, Sporting Dog Adventures on MeWe, Sidegakers, Retrievers on MeWe, and I have a personal page, Jeff Fuller, on MeWe, so feel free to look us up there. Uh, we had a page on Parlor. We will have one once it's back up. We also have a new video video platform on Rumble. We have our video platform on YouTube. We are here on Facebook. We are also on Twitter. So we have lots of pages. The expansion of social media with the migration from one side to the next has increased my workload a little bit, but wherever you guys are, I will be there. So I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for checking in with us. Take care and God bless. Sporting dog adventures run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun.